it advertises itself as a free video service like Netflix. Yeah. But in fact, it's just a platform for Amazon to be on your devices in terms of you can rent. Sure, they've got stuff which you can just watch for free, but it's primarily there so you can rent or buy stuff and have like a digital library because that's where most of the stuff is. Mm. And it's weird how because I watch it through a PS4 and everything is just click, click, go, right, yeah. left, stick, click, click, and everything's so fucking easy to do, and it's instant. Mm-hmm. See, it's some good quality. <clears throat> and it's proper 1080, good quality. <clears throat> 4K. I, I think yeah, there 4K. is some stuff in 4K as well, but because it's for my PS4 and I've not got a Pro, I'm only getting 1080. Right, right. There is a bunch of 4K rest, stuff getting rest, like restored. Like I don't know, is it, I think it was Lahane, uh, the... Um, Fucking what's his face? Give me the cash. His directorial debut. Uh, that's getting like a four K restoration and a bunch of other things uh, as well. And I'm fucking blanking on his name and that is annoying me. That's like Matthew I wanna say He's French, isn't he? Think so I No, that's uh damaged goods. <laughs> uh, it's Matthew <laughs> City. basically he's in the fifth element and he's also the director of Babylon A D and, oh, he, shit, and, yeah, and he's the one that was like yeah. it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> My film is shit. But it's but back to point. It's just so easy to go. Oh, it's only three pound. Yeah, and it's there. That's the thing. Like I, I, like rarely ever had rented a uh, stuff off of any digital marketplace. Like for a long time, until I kind of did realize that I spend easily like fifteen twenty quid on like random shit all yeah. the fucking time I, without I, paying I was any. Three pound yeah. on fucking bottle of iron brew yeah. and a bag of chips. Yeah. It is just so convenient. <clears throat> yeah. Like Amazon Prime as well, though it used to be amazingly shit. Like back in the day, it's got a but lot better. The, these yeah. days, yeah. there's actually it's... like a lot of good content on there. There's yeah. a lot of really good. <clears throat> in my watch list, there's a lot of really obscure horror yeah. that they've got going on mm-hmm. on it, which yeah. you can watch for free. Mm. A lot of really kind of old stuff from like the sixties and seventies. Yes, yeah. they're also mm. pretty good for anime as well. Yeah. Mm. Vinland Empire is yeah. in there. Mm. It's pretty good. No, I, I think Amazon is almost like the preferred one now, because uh, like you said, Neil, you've got like, like the abominable Doctor Fives is on it, you know, things like that, where you're just like, that's crazy, like just really old, old horror yeah. stuff. Where like Netflix has classic stuff, but not near yeah. the amount of like choice that Amazon Prime well, provides. Net- Netflix is still <coughs> it's still good. It's still I. good. It's still <coughs> decent. It's still a good. I was on it this morning, and there's a lot of stuff on it which, granted, I've seen, but it's stuff that I possibly watch again mm-hmm. and they've got always got new stuff like the new Castlevania starts tomorrow yeah the 5th mm. I can't fucking wait for that yeah um, so they are putting out new content which mm. keeps it there but yeah Bear Consoles <laughs> uh, just new got, season that's started as well we just got all the Ghibli films well not all the Ghibli films but all eight, a lot of them what one uh, Grave of the Fireflies uh, is that right they've got all of them now yeah well not yet like yeah. but they're they will have soon. Is it going to be one of those efforts where it's kind of like South Park that's available on Amazon, but some episodes are available on Netflix? So will Crunchyroll have some? Oh, Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll none of them. They don't have it's any. Net- stuff. Netflix is essentially wow. getting exclusive rights. Well, I'm, which I'm is weird though, that. because Ghibli Studio Ghibli, I believe, are owned by Disney. They're not. Are they not? They're not. I've had this conversation with you before. And right. Not. Right. Disney just, just have a publishing have deal. The uh, distribution rights. Right. But that's now Studio Canal or something. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. And now Netflix? No? 
Well, they get streaming rights. Ah, right. Yeah, I rewatched season one and two of Castlevania because, like, I knew that this new season was coming out. I bet Dracula is still super relatable. The whole fucking thing is still excellent. Hey, I only intended to watch like the start of the first episode. And then just, I'd watched the that entire first season mm. uh, before I knew it. And then I was three episodes out of season two before I was like, I need to go to bed. And watch the rest of it the second day. Yeah. My God, man. The, like, the action sequences in that are so expertly done. Mm. Brilliant. Mm. That is, it's good. That's cool, it's on the model. <clears throat> Speaking of anime. We getting this out of the way, <laughs> early doors? Um. Well, to be fair, I haven't really watched any recently. Uh but our long-time listeners will know how much we love the works of Jojo's Bizarre Adventures. Yeah. And the first three seasons of that went on to Netflix this Yeah, week. I saw that. So yeah. nobody has any excuses not to watch it. So get it watched. Also stick with it. Because yeah. Because if you don't like what it is immediately, you might like what it is in an hour's time. Yeah, like the first the first <laughs> season of it is only, which I didn't realise is only about eight episodes. Yeah. Um, so they put season one and season two as one season, then it's Stardust Crusaders. Stick for season two. Season two is fucking amazing. <laughs> it goes so many ways. <laughs> yeah, man. We we spoke a about it. Squirrel out of his hand. And the surrounded by surrounded by vampire vampire fighting Nazis. <laughs> hey, they must have had fun coming up with those, that show. One guy as well. It's yeah, just it's like one it's guy. one, it's, one dude. It's from it's from the original manga. Well, you must have you must have had a lot of fun coming up with those yeah. uh, ideas. He's good as well, though. That's the thing. Like uh, he's got like a good sense of humor about him. Yeah. I I watched like a like, I'm going to just get these out of the way fast because oh, the other thing that I did find out are we off and running? <clears throat> yeah, like, yeah, I okay. think we have been for a while because like we were totally in. As soon as the conversation moved to streaming services, we all had that kind of a phone voice professional, well, as professional as this show gets. Yeah. So this is Raptors in the Kitchen. It is the 4th of March, 2020. We are all uninfected by the coronavirus so far. There's only three cases of it in Scotland at this current point in time. 50 in the UK, I think. Is that right? Who cares? <laughs> It'll either kill you or it won't. Yeah. And more likely than not, it will not. Yeah. Um so So you can put down the eight loaves of bread and seventeen pints of milk and hand sanitizer is the thing these days, Tom. it's sold out in all the boots in Glasgow. It's sold out in the cash and carry, like a in Tradeston, and there was a different dude in like a, a kind of private place that I delivered to who told us today that someone threatened him over the phone with physical violence because he had ran out of sanitizer. That's where we're at. Do you see, yes, it takes a, a slightly more contagious cold for people to decide to start washing uh, their well, hands. Well, the thing I read where, again, it was a, a lad Bible article, so take it or leave it, was uh, folk were trying to buy condoms so they could put it on their fingers. So... Is the coronavirus a man-made virus designed so uh, to kill off people, uh, to destabilise governments and world economies? It's, I mean, I'm it, no professional, it, but I would say 100% yes. Uh, it is a <laughs> media, uh, in, uh, the media invented it to, you know, stop stop us all thinking about Brexit. That's what I think it was. Did you see the, uh, the picture that's been going about? Again, I don't know if this is real or not. Like For all I know, somebody just typed this out and posted a picture of it themselves on 
header on it. But there's like apparently there's like a I want to say it's Dean Kuntz. Like there's some fictional author like he wrote about Dean Kuntz is a real person. No, he's a writes fiction. I know he's a fictional author. A fictional author. <laughs> an author R. L. Stein is a fictional an author. author. Alan of fiction. A fictional author. Uh, but yeah, like he apparently like wrote a book over a decade ago that like actually has so many of these details in it Nostradamus esque about like a virus coming out of Wuhan specifically in the year 2020 that will have like uh, influenza like symptoms again I don't know if it's accurate I would I imagine if, if you went back through that, history that would probably that, have yeah, an that is a yeah that's a prominent yeah. um, plot it just depends it happens to be that he got this place right and this bit it's usually you look at most successful films or books about an epidemic and it's always it starts off with a thing and then it spreads and it's this so anyway Tommy Vass so anyway, and Francisco Rodriguez yeah you were talking about I something. Neil McCulloch <clears throat> was talking about anime yeah hold on hold on hold on I just googled it quickly so apparently it is Dean Kuntz I know from 1981 hey but apparently Wuhan 400 was what he called it which that's, I mean... What's that, NASCAR? Yeah, that's what it says. <laughs> I mean, like, to predict... Wuhan clan. 30, 30, <laughs> odd, 30 odd years ago that, that it was going to be Wuhan that was the... That's the probably clan. fake. Let's be honest, probably fake. Who knows, man? Yeah, but Neil was Well, the Wuhan clan is a good enough segue back into anime. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing that I found out this week, uh, which was really, really random, because you must have looked it up, on Crunchyroll, uh, Pac when I share a Crunchyroll account. Is in by saying that he means I leech <laughs> off of his Crunchyroll account. Yeah, I'd be nice about it. Um, you must have looked it up because it was Room Camp, which is a kind of sister show to Laid, Laid Back, Back Camp. Camp. Yeah, uh, which I didn't know existed. I didn't look it up. It came up in the recently updated thing, and I thought, I wonder if that's related to the thing uh, you always watch. It totally is. Yeah. yeah. So I got a tiny little bit of joy out of that is it like just a really short I, I haven't actually watched any more than just the opening of it but I'm going to get back into it so what's the, the premise now then what is Room Camp well Room Camp seems to be it's the the three original girls of the outdoor club uh, before the the new student uh, came into it because I've cause I kind of read the kind of synopsis of it. I did watch a wee bit of this because it starts over like there's canned it's a canned tuna canned tuna yeah. yeah yeah and I think it's about them kind of preparing for adventures yeah yeah um sticking with anime but moving on swiftly though you gave us a loan of a film a while back called blade of the immortal which is a live action movie yes the thing Miyake one there is an animated series of that on Mm. amazon prime which is excellent it's really good it's worth watching Uh, that's all i'll say about that also i watched a bunch of ghibli stuff because i'm still japanese crazy (laughs) a what else i've been watching terrace house a yamachan got married it was a big ordeal Crazy. Is that that real world show? Mm. Yeah. Right, okay. Hey. Why are you still watching that? Because <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> to fucking learn the language and that's like natural situations. Where is that, is, that, is that like my weird fascination with Total Divas? Mm, no. Whereas no, I'm, I'm, watching, I'm, I'm watching it for a reason. I'm watching it for a reason as well. Total Divas is a storyline. Um, yeah, but I'm watching it for like a utilitarian reason where I want to learn the language. Utilitarian. Well. Um, to answer your question, not quite. 
told Eva as well as efforts were if you start watching it, you can you then have to walk away from it. <laughs> like what su- I did. I was like, I'm not you fucking. In, you get sucked into it. I then I, I walked the fuck away from it. I was like, I'm not and watching this bullshit. And when you're stoned, you're just sitting there going, "Oh, this is such rubbish." Oh, it is. It's like oh, a, Nikki also, Bella it's, like, it's like a wrestling Kardashians. It's terrible. Yeah. In in order to get my Dan Reichert fixed now that he left Giant Bomb, I downloaded him and his wife's podcast, Pan in the Scream. I like right. subscribed yeah. to it, uh, and they had an episode about. An, an Amazon Prime thing again called Sunshine Sentosaki, which is essentially like a Japanese version of Glengarry Glen, Ro- Glengarry Glen Ross, but like a TV show rather than a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's a bit like a guy who is like tasked with trying to get like sales for different kind of PR things, like he, he, they deal with like advertisements and all that sort of stuff. Right. Uh, but he's terrible at his job. So, like. Is he like Old Gil from The Simpsons? I don't remember who was actually inspired by uh, Jack Lemmon from yeah. Glengarry Glen Ross. But he's he's just a really bad salesman. Like he's too he's too kind to be in the marketing world. Yeah, right. right. Uh, but like because of that, whenever he sees like a a cento, which is like a Japanese bathhouse, uh, he decides to do that when he should be working instead. So oh, you told me about this. This yeah, is pretty the, funny. Yeah, the, the show is essentially him feeling guilty about going for baths and then like drinking beer afterwards during the day, <laughs> uh, and how it's like such a massive like faux pas because like he should be working like everybody else is working but it's the guilt that makes it good uh, so I watched like a bunch of episodes of that so I got to see like more naked Japanese grandpas than I've seen in the rest of my life so at what point did the cat lady ninjas turn up none of that so far man it is like it seems to just it seems to just revel in a in the the joy of public bathhouses and a afternoon drinking is this old man gay porn no, not at all. Sure. It, it, yeah. it's, it sounds like sounds it, like it. No, no. I was going to say it's an art. It's an art form that they go to. to khaki come up into not yet. It just uh, it's an like art form so far where they like go out of their fucking way to make sure you will never see a peen. <laughs> it, it sounds. It's like what you were saying about that anime show about just yeah. It's just these these lassies they they go camping and they, they talk about how it's great to be friends and yeah. There's no, there's no conflict. There's no nothing. It's just you're watching an experience. Yeah, yeah. Through well, it, through it, but, but with no storyline drama. Weirdly enough, what he's what he's talking about sounds alright. I'd probably give that it's a go. Kind of watchable. I mean, the, the guy's like you know really entertaining to watch. Like again, it's like primarily primarily a comedy. Yeah, I, and. Just weird seeing like Japanese comedy that isn't slapstick because that tends to be what uh, we what we see of their comedy. Uh, but this one's like a lot more just to do with like the fact that he's not even trying to be a part of society. Like he's quite actively like everything that he enjoys is selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty fun. It's pretty good. I only watched the episode. It's very formulaic. He loves German sausages. That's not a euphemism. Like uh, he just he found a place that sold them and a really good beer, and there was five different types of sausage. That sounds pretty it's, sweet. Yeah, people five seven. That was sausage. the day. Actually, do you remember me asking you if you wanted to go to the West Brewery? Yeah, because you that told was, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just I just seen him eat that, and I was You're like, so "Fuck me, man!" <laughs> it's pretty sweet. So that's a Japanese minute, yeah. by the way. Is that all I had you eat me? I've not watched any. Uh, anime or anything like that. I've not really done anything, man. Uh, much like we were talking about Amazon Prime, you just kind of get into something and uh, I'm on my third rewatch of The Office, uh, the US Office. I just I was, I was going to start Modern Warfare and I was is like... Is that show really that good? It is. It's it actually is. like, the best way to, to describe it is 
it's from the same guys that made Parks and Rec, so the humour and the emotional kind of hits are very in tune mm. with. If I had to it's pick comfort one, food, man. It's... It very much so. But I, if I had to pick one, I would pick Parks and Rec. But the US office is a very close second in terms of what I enjoy from it. And the fact that there's nine seasons of it. Like, the first season, I mean, for, for folk that don't know, um, it's inspired by the Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant one, who are executive producers. And Ricky Gervais is in it at one point for Asim. Um, and it's just the US version of that. But the first couple eps of season one are just carbon copies. Uh, whereas it then the guys who, uh, well... Parks and Rec was after it. Uh, Greg Daniels and um, Michael Schur, I think it is, they kind of came in and then it becomes its own thing. Yeah. But um, that's, my, that's the thing with the reason I've never really kind of watched it is because I don't like the British one. No, I, I don't either. It's, it's this, as I said, it, it's kind of, you can see... It's much more Americanised humour. It's, like, uh, it's, it, it it's not like the, kinda, the, the peep show kind of cringy awkwardness right. that we've got like the, the most cringy character that they've got in their one is Michael Scott but right. he's like a lot more like just naive rather than there's he's, yeah. not, he's not David Brent he's, no he's very um, much like he's, I mean there's like don't go I like the UK office but it's very much you have David Brent and then with Michael Scott it kind of starts off with yeah it, like Gervais and Merchant I think wrote the first couple episodes and it is just copies of the first couple episodes of the UK right. one but with this one like Michael Scott does a lot of cringy things, and but at the same time, there's moments where he's very lovable and does the right thing, but then he'll fuck it up. Um, but I just think there's and like I mean, Paco, you you love like Jim and Pam. Jim and Pam are great, isn't it? Yeah, like and Pam, uh, Pam especially like she is an Jenna Fisher from Blades of Glory, absolute masterclass at the looking at the camera. With a, are you seeing this shit? Yeah. <laughs> look in her face. Yeah, John Krasinski's really good in it as well. Um, <laughs> How, how can super action star John Krasinski be some awful slump? Oh, he's he, John, John Krasinski is lovable. Be? He's lovable in it, man. Uh, but again, there's and there's a lot of guest stars in it as well. Like uh, towards the end of um, I can't shit, I can't mind. I'm not at that season yet. But you get loads of guest stars. You get like Ray Romano's in it, Jim Carrey, Will Ferrell at one point. And it's not necessarily that like Will Ferrell's in it for a couple of episodes, but like Jim Carrey's in it for a scene. Ray Romano's in it for a scene. Chris Robbins is in it for a uh, Yeah, he's great in it as well. Um, he plays Daryl in the warehouse. But yeah, I just, like Paco said, it's comfort food. Right. And it's I wasn't really in the mood to watch or do anything kind of serious. And I was like, I want something familiar. Yeah. Uh, that happens to be on Amazon Prime. The whole lot, uh, I think it's nine seasons uh, and I'm just like yep let's I, di I didn't start from season one onwards I kind of waited a wee bit because mm. I'm like yeah I remember the f yeah I kind of waited till it went into its own See, I've, I've been watching re-watching Futurama on a like I've also got another Amazon Prime one after you've done with this so this yeah. is kind of proving the point though that like, no, it is actually yeah, now the best streaming service yeah because um, because we said it was yeah, <laughs> yeah so I, I'd been rewatching Futurama, but uh, I started from season two, just because season but one's see, great. Season great one, team. it's fine, but it's it's still at a rough round the edges. Yeah. I think the only one I watched from season one was one of the Robot Devil, because the Robot that Devil is, is the best yeah, character in that show. Yeah, um, so I I watched some of that. Uh, Still listen to uh, something to wrestle with, uh, Bruce Pritchard, uh, which some of them episodes have been great. Have you ever watched any of the wrestling bios? Uh, yes, uh, is that the the Irish uh, yeah. guy? Yeah, he's I, really I've, good. I've been getting into that lately. Yeah, I think he's really good. Um, I've been watching that uh, occasionally, um, and again, do you know season two is at Dark Side of the Ring is. 
coming out. That yeah. that was great. Um, Are these made by like WWE? No, no. Right. Uh, well, no. The uh, Dark Side of the Ring is a it's, Vice program, um, and it's kind of no holds barred talking of like really controversial subjects. Yeah, that's what I was asking for because I would find it quite weird that no. Uh, well, I, the thing with the Dark Side of the Ring, um, apart from, I'm trying to remember, there's maybe one or two, but most of the series didn't tackle WWE issues. It was it's a lot of stories of stuff which happened during like the days of the territories mm-hmm. and uh, kind of independent stuff. Whereas I know that the first episode of this season, new season is going to be Chris Benoit. Yeah, the murder suicide, and then it's going to be like like the death of Owen Hart's going to be yeah. in there as well. So there's a lot of things in that were, and the the only thing I find interesting is that like I listened to as I said uh, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, and what's interesting is Bruce Pritchard was Vince McMahon's right hand man for like thirty odd years, so he had a lot of insight to about backstage things that happened at events, um, situations with wrestlers. He this he's been doing this episode uh, with Conrad Thompson. I think his name is he. They've been doing this for a while now, but Bruce Pritchard is now employed by WWE again because there was a brief period where he'd been let go, and now he, as of last year, I can't remember what month it was. He's now I think, running SmackDown. So I haven't listened to any of the later episodes, but I'd be interested because on how much he can uh, talk so about. Yeah, yeah. Rain then. Yeah, because like there'll, there'll be stuff where I mean, don't get me wrong, he doesn't disparage uh, Vince McMahon. He's very, he's very fair. Yeah, every time I've listened to it, like, he'll tell stories, and it's always from a kind of unbiased point of view most yeah. of the time, unless he's directly involved in it. Yeah, and he never really kind of disparages people. No, nah. it's just he tells the story as this is how he saw it. Is yeah. Vince McMahon the Randy Pitchford of the wrestling world? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that is. <laughs> oh, that's a. That's why I asked Neil specifically because yeah. this is like a, a Venn diagram of his interests. Mm. Yeah, he kind of is. Yeah. yeah. Not quite. I mean, like no one's died under Randy Pitchford's watch, though. <laughs> you, well, that we know of. Who was the guy that took over at uh, Oculus? Uh, Lucky Palmer. Is he maybe the Lucky Palmer? Lucky Palmer is a guy who. We spent hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds, a uh, basically behind the scenes giving marketing stuff to Trump to discredit Hillary Clinton. Right. Uh, he's like one of the founders of Oculus, the ones that do the VR headsets that got bought by Facebook, mm. um, and it turned out that he was a fucking piece of shit and a moron. Wow. Um, I, I, I would say that Vince is kind of a, an amalgamation of those two. Because mm. like Randy Pitchford's finest moment was quite easily leaving the USB stick with child porn in a what was the place called Medieval Times. Medieval Times. Yeah. What an idiot, man. Yeah, and then he claimed that he was only interested in the video because she, the woman was a magician or something. Because he's a magician, right. by the way. Mm. <laughs> But he didn't claim he was at a Pizza Express, so that's why. No, no, he, <laughs> yeah. was, he was clearly at the Medieval Times, Tommy. Yeah. Uh, Every part of that is kind of yeah. hilarious, apart from the part where... Child porn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've just been listening and watching that. Uh, I did some um, art projects. I, I drew... Uh, the, I did uh, John Constantine. I used, like, some of the pens and pencils that... Well, it was mostly... I tried to do it in pencils, the ones you gave me, Neil. But I ended up doing it in pen, and then I did one of Ben Kingsley from Sexy Beast. Um, because just every now and then I get like a couple. Well, you of, like drawing old guys semi naked? Well, it's just his face. It's just his face. It's not him, him semi naked. Uh, but yeah, so I just I did that. 
Um, I'm trying to think what else I've been doing. Just working, uh, going to see some films, and then yeah, just watching the US Office. I've just been leading a very boring life, which I'm quite happy with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, well I mean, considering it hasn't stopped raining in about five years. Uh, yeah, it's not been the best of weather. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so no, nah, not nothing too exciting. Going home next week for some annual leave, so that'll be cool. Uh, other than that. No, nothing really, nothing really to report. Can I round off the uh, Amazon Prime now? Yeah, talk. Um, We're yeah. saying I finished season four of The Expanse. Easily the best sci-fi show on the telly just now. Mm. Being that it finished months ago, but like I only just watched it. <laughs> it's on the telly now to me. But yeah, like in a in a world where Star, uh, Star Trek Picard just isn't doing it for us, and like sci-fi in general just seems to be in quite a dumb place like the expanse is like a good mixture of action but actual science in there at the same time it feels like Battlestar Galactica done right um the other thing we should mention uh for residents of Glasgow the Glasgow Film Festival is in full swing now and mm. uh you you were there for Train to Busan I went to see Train, Train to Busan with a couple of workmates one of which might be listening hello Grant mm. uh there was like a zombie thing where we walked through a room with some actors in it that was lame uh, <laughs> <laughs> as lame as you'd expect Grant jumped though which was good and then uh, we watched the, the film in the arches underneath Central Station I, I saw a picture that uh, was on Instagram of someone sitting kind of quite far back it looked like quite a tiny screen it was quite a small screen um, and very uncomfortable chairs I mean they were no they were fine the chairs were fine uh, the screen was pretty small I was right up the back though, like two two rows from the the very back. I could still read the subtitles and stuff, so it was, yeah. was alright. I'm trying to think is it is it like a neon kind of theme they've got going? Because I don't know, I don't know if Total Recalls going to be there, but I don't know what the purpose of that is. Like the you, arches? No, I, for the film festival, it's part of like I think it's like an overall kind of sci-fi theme that they've got this year. Um, no, I think it's just like every year they do films in these stupid locations. Like you said, the Lost Boys, it fucking M and D's. Yeah, there was Con Die Hard in the Met. Yeah, so it's just there was Con Air like an airfield or something like that. I it was it was I that yeah. was great. I think was it was it Calm that went to that. Yeah, yeah. So it's just um, they're using venues that are available. Yeah, to them. they're kind of appropriate. Being that, like this yeah. one's all about a train and it was underneath Central Station. Hmm. You enjoy the film? Yeah, it was really good. I not really much to say about it though. It's like a it's a zombie movie. You kind of know what you're in for but like it is actually it's a good one of those uh, the sequel uh, Peninsula I think it's called Peninsula, yeah. yeah that's I don't know is that ready or is that I know I know it got a US distribution deal mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. so I don't mind it must be ready to go yeah um, but yeah I think there's like a couple other things that are on I mean remember, I remember looking at like the uh the program and I was like oh that looks pretty good so again if you're in the Glasgow area and that's on the go just now so check it out trying to think if there's anything else Uh, it's not like a main cinema release I mean I watched like I rewatched Robocop not really much else to say about that except it's Mm. fucking incredible I I can cover with that statement that it's fucking incredible (laughs) sitting there with uh, my mate Alan Holbein wearing a couple of drinks but just see the bit there's so many bits of Robocop like in Detroit in the future just someone always has a semi-automatic weapon (laughs) that's always 
everything is super violent. Like, what do you mean in the future? I don't know. We live in the <laughs> Robocop future. Well, that was uh, 89. <laughs> like, was the, 89? Detroit yeah. just now? Is it not like, supposed to be run by gangs? It's just great, though. Like, I really fucking cannot, I cannot say how much I love that film. Just the bit where, like, the Ed 209 fucking just takes out Mr. There. Kenny and everyone just kind of acts kind of normal. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of shocked by what happened, but it's like, the guy got fucking murdered. And then there's a bit where you first, like you see Robocop on his first kind of rounds and uh, he goes into a shop that's been robbed and then he... he just annihilates <laughs> and I, He annihilates the guy and he's like, good night. And it's like, he doesn't arrest anybody. <laughs> he just beats the shit out of him and then drives off. Yeah, it's like, that guy's going to wake up again and then rob that elderly <laughs> couple, probably. The only person I think he actually does arrest is Clarence Boddicker. Um And uh, before, the, the other one is... The mayor's office has been taken over by a disgruntled uh, congressman, and it's like, his list of demands are amazing. He's like, first of all, don't fuck with me. And he's like, I'm a desperate man. I want, I want some fresh coffee, and I want a recount, and I want my old job, regardless of the recount. I want a new car, and I want the city pay for all. I was like, what is this guy gonna? What the fuck is this guy thinking? Does, he does wants Robocop, his old job after all this shit. Does Robocop get him through a wall? He yeah. gets him through a wall yeah. and then punches him out a window <laughs> where he is dead. He arrests. I can't remember the character's name, but he arrests a guy that's played by Ray Wise. Oh, is that the it's guy? The guy in the Ginger. Night, no, no, it's the guy in the nightclub who tries to kick him in the peas. Oh, Lord of Palmer's dad. Yeah, Lord of Palmer's yeah. dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah, he doing in the nightclub? It's like him and a bunch of weeds. It's like, it's, oh, that's brilliant though. Yeah. What but, was the last movie uh, Paul Verhoeven done? Oh, holy shit! He's doing. Is it not that film with uh, Elizabeth uh, Pair? Um, I think the last one he did was called L. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Was uh, it good? Yes. It, well, it was. It's a, it's interesting. a drama. Yeah. It's all right. L is yeah. in just the letter L or E L L E the French word for it. Yeah. Um no wait, no, I'm getting that I L was good. There was another one that was like a revenge drama, uh, which was I wanted it to be good, but it was just okay. I can't remember it. But uh, Greta. Is eh? Yes. Greta, that's yeah. it. Okay, so L was good. still quite like super violent, hyper violent, or is it L wasn't really violent nah, per se. It was, yeah, but he's got uh, his next film uh it's an erotic thriller about two nuns. <laughs> and then I remember reading it, like, because I remember... It's Joe Esther has, right? I, I don't know. I, I just remember reading it. Because if he's not, I'm out. Because someone, <laughs> someone, it just, like, they were describing, like, it was it was an article about what could be awards contenders, and it just came down, I can't remember the title of it, but it was about, it's an erotic story about two nuns, and then they went, Paul, Ver, Paul Verhoeven's directing because, of course, he is. Yeah. And why, like, why would he not? Yeah, oh, you're missing some alien bugs, man, and that'll be that. But yeah, yeah I watched. I re- I re- would you rather live in the Robocop future or the Starship Troopers future? Robocop. The Robocop one? Yeah. Robocop, man. Every man for himself. One thing on the telly and then adverts. and the, No, sorry. One program, news, and just adverts. I'd buy that for a dollar. The news but, and adverts for about, stuff you never see. What about cleanliness order, and order? And maybe the occasional space bug. Nah, because I mean, like, the, the, the no, occasional but, space bug is something. Whereas, like, Robocop's Detroit is just like nineteen eighties. I mean, I know Mad Max was the eighties, but it's just it's just everyone for themselves. So it's kind of like you said, Detroit. It's, it's not the occasional space bug though. They hurl asteroids at Earth. Yeah, it's yeah, true. Buenos Aires gets like wiped off the map because uh, of them. Yeah, 
The only good bug is a dead bug, yeah. Neil. <laughs> and I rewatched Total Recall, which again is fucking excellent. I, I rewatched Total Recall in the past couple of weeks as well. It's a fantastic film. I forgot it was the two. Was it Ronald Suchet? I think Dan O'Bannon's two folk yeah. responsible for Alien. I was like, man, that fucking Total Recall when you're a kid was a really fun Arnie action movie, very violent, but it's yeah, actually it's, a it's, great sci-fi movie. Yeah. It's really good. Um, but yeah, so that was again that was two Verhovens back to back. It was just to, to ask the question again as well. Like, what misses the point of the original more? Total Recall remake or Ghost in the Shell live action? Do you know the thing is? <laughs> I have Ghost in the Shell live action. I, I would say Ghost in the Shell live yeah. action, but I haven't seen all of Total uh, Really? Len Wise's Total Len Wiseman's Total Recall because I just didn't Guess care. I just didn't care. <laughs> I was like he's quite clearly watched um Blade Runner and has gone for the aesthetic and it's just and then he's just put in loads of things that remind you of the old Total Recall movie and you're like, I don't yeah. care. I couldn't care about this film. The remake of Robocop was just shit. Yeah. It completely misses the point. See, I disagree that it was shit. I just, it was meh. Yeah. See, the stuff with Sam Jackson and all that ads, that's like, you, that's a Verhoeven thing, man. I just, you didn't need it for this. It's yeah, just... well, no, I agree with stuff like that, but it's, it wasn't, I've seen a lot worse mm. than the remake of Robocop. Yeah. Like, if it was on and I was in a room that was there, I wouldn't go, oh, God, is that? I would, I would totally turn over. I'm like, no. Um, I also well, if we're gonna go watch, if we're gonna well, this didn't get released in the cinema, but I watched Velocipaster. Do you want me to get into that? So my understanding of it is, is a priest who can turn into a raptor and uses that to fight crime. Kinda, yeah. So when you when I seen the title for this and I seen the cover of well, it wouldn't be the DVD, but yeah, the, the poster if you will. Man of the Claw. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought. Going by the crappy looking, it looked like crappy looking effects and things like that. I was like, so this is like an asylum effort. This is, uh, you know, the, sh- the guys that made Sharknado. So there's going to be a lot of really shitty CGI and a lot of garbage like that. And I'm like, okay, you know, just, and this is me judging the book purely by its cover, so to speak. So, Which is fair. I've seen but that cover. <laughs> when you, when you, okay, when you start watching it, it's not an asylum film. It is. How do I put it? It's is kind, it actually a me- metaphysical drama about priests raping children? No, it's kind of like what? Well, it's nowhere. It's nowhere near as good as Black Dynamite. It's you know Black Dynamite looks like a seventies movie and is an exploitation of a particular yeah, genre. Yeah, it's good for that aesthetic. Yeah, yeah Velocipaster is that, but shitty seventies monster movies. Uh, that were made for like seven pound fifty. Is this recent? Mm-hmm. I thought it was actually old, and people only just kind of. No, it, it looks like even the like the. So it's kind of going for that grindhouse kind of look. Correct. That's exactly right. what it looks okay. for. It looks like one. It looks like a student film. It looks like it was made for seven pound fifty. It probably was. It's <laughs> it is at times a hard watch because you're trying to stick with it, but I did giggle through it several times. Um, Velocipaster. <laughs> Okay, I'll just tell you what it is. So basically, this guy is uh, a priest, and in a really r- random kind of shot, again, kind of like Grindhouse, he's coming out of the church, and he's like, oh, hi, mum and dad. And he waves across the road, and there's his mum and dad, and then you hear an explosion, and he's like, no! <laughs> and then it cuts back, and it says, VFX to be inserted here. <laughs> so the car exploded that, and it's like, right, proper okay, Grindhouse, so, you know? Yeah, so okay. then... 
he then to get away, he, then he, he's he's very disgruntled and wonders why God has done this to him. And then his uh, his call well colleague uh, brother in the priesthood says you should maybe go to China to forget a lot about your problems. To which he then gets he <laughs> randomly is going through apparently China. It's just a forest, <laughs> and uh, he gets uh, infected with this curse, where he will become a raptor. It's basically he's like the Incredible Hulk. When he gets angry, he becomes a raptor. Right. But the raptor is him in a foam suit, just kind of like ah, <laughs> like it's it's so shite. Like it's it's as if we went and made it like with nothing. Like you know what I mean. But there's a lot of really, really fun giggly bits because he then decides that he's going to fight crime. But then there is a cocaine <clears throat> dr- uh, ring of ninjas who <laughs> are trying to bring in product, <sighs> and <laughs> it just it goes fucking like, stupidly great how shit crazy. And I, 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 t- it was hard to watch at times because it's so slow. And, and there's a really weird sex scene where it becomes like an eighties music video. I'm so conflicted by this because everything you're saying sounds absolutely no. fucking terrible. Yeah, it is yeah, terrible. Yeah. It's it also that lizard part of my brain is going. Watch it. Totally what it was. Like, no, see, if, have, like, if I hadn't already be been high. suckered in by watching Kung Fury, like oh, I would, Kung I would Fury yeah, bullshit, this yeah. sounds no, like that. No, this no, sounds no, exactly no. that. You wouldn't like it, Paco. Yeah. I, I would stay the fuck away from it. Um, from, a, from a, a, it sounds kind of hobo with a shotgun kind of thing. It's worse than that. It's As I said, it is so, the production value is terrible, the acting, the dialogue everything about it is crap but that's kind of what the, they're going it's for the yeah, point. that's the point it's, of it yeah. it's, it's, I, I couldn't watch that the guys that have made it are like yeah. there's no way we can make this uh, like as a serious monster movie so we got a grindhouse that's, even the, even the way the, the opposite of what I would want yeah. even the way the credits well I mean you kind of, the thing you, is it's 100% my thing yeah. but it's such a fine line of it being it's either it'll either appeal to the things that I like like about that or it'll just be downright yeah. terrible it, it is downright terrible but I laughed a lot but I was like always like this close to, to putting it off just turn it off but I was like I'll keep going to the end and uh, I know for a fact I wouldn't have you'd hate it, it Paco uh, Neil Watch it when you're really high, but I. This is why I like. This is, is why is I'm it telling you. Legals that you watched it. Oh, no, no. Uh, yes, it was big legals. Ah, okay. But what I would give plenty of time to try and avoid it. Yeah, but I. That's why I'm like kind of telling everybody, including Paddy Donnelly. It's not like a Sharknado film. It's like a crappy seventies grindhouse thing, and that's what they're going for. But unlike Black Dynamite, it's not amazing. <laughs> um, like the only film even similar, anything like that. that I, did like is Planet Terror. Planet Terror had way more a budget yeah. and talent behind it. Uh, I I quite I I kind of like Velocipaster in the sense like you know what I, fair play to these guys they they <clears> they kind of <throat> tried to go and do something and it was probably a laugh to make, but yeah you have to ignore a lot about it or realize what you're up against when you're watching it. Mm. Um, I'm pretty confident saying I will never see that film. Yeah. So it's it is a fucking pile of shit, but I did laugh a lot all the way through it. 
uh, for all the right reasons. But again, they know what they they know what it is. But like, there's a bit where like a ninja comes crashing in a window after a sex scene, but isn't crashing through. He like fumbles through and does a forward roll, and you're like, this fucking film yeah, knows what yeah, it is. You know what I mean? As good as the the assassin and the board identity that comes into the window. <laughs> that was a professionally made blockbuster, and uh, <laughs> that his entrance and his exit from uh, that film was just wow, <laughs> Jesus. I guess Jesus, that's like, like I, one of your I, most. I, I haven't thought about that. Me, me and Lee, me and Lee talk about that a lot. <laughs> like Tommy, Tommy brings it up at least once a month. <laughs> yeah, because it's like it comes down to like, in my opinion, the best born movie supremacy. But but Lee says identity, and I always say. Right, what about that in, bit when that assassin... In no fucking world is identity the best born movie. Like, the, what like, are you talking about, Lee? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't Sit think, down. I don't think it's crazy, <laughs> but I have to bring up that scene where I'm like, man, I mean, this guy's supposed to be after Jason Bourne, and he fumbles in the fucking place, dressed like a hobo, and then gets his arse kicked, and then just in the most ungraceful way, yeah. falls yeah. out a window, and I'm just like, It's so, so overdramatic, but like, also it's like... Carl Urban he, gets he, a fucking belter out of death and supremacy. He gives up, so he doesn't die in it. Carl Urban? No, like uh, he crashes the taxi into him and then like he goes up to the window and sees that he's like all body and shit and then he leaves him alive and walks away. I thought, I take that to be that he's, no, is he not, he's close to death. He's like fucked up, he's but fucked, like he is not, no he's not dead. He's actually dead. Yeah, okay. It's just, I suppose he doesn't reappear so yeah. I just assume he's dead. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, the one of Lost of Past no that the board identity one you're like that was a, a blockbuster that cost several hundreds of millions to make I, well maybe not hundreds of millions but like 60 million but yeah it's still it's fucking great it's, you know if you ignore the fourth one it's like one of the greatest trilogies ever made if you ignore the fourth one it's one of the greatest trilogies ever made yeah it's a great trilogy actually sorry one. if you ignore the fifth one I forgot about Born Legacy. Born Legacy is alright. It's just very uh, talky. So that, that's Born Guy then, though. That doesn't count. It's very talky. Whereas Jason Born is a bad film. It's a, it's a bad film. Yeah. I remember going to see that with you in the cinema. And yeah. It wasn't quite like the time we went to see the Ultimate and we were, we were jazzed balls after. I don't after. even remember Jason Born. <laughs> yeah, because it's thing. terrible. Yeah, that's a good it's thing. It's so boring. Oh. <laughs> is that a pun there? No. I the film was boring. It's a... Uh, you don't remember it. It's got Tommy Lee Jones in it. It's got it's fucking Lakandos La- La- in it. Nope. No. No, okay. Is that the one where they're also after Julia Stiles? No. No, no yeah, Julia Stiles. No, that's, Stiles. The, third one. Ju- that's yeah. the third one. No, but Julia Stiles that's, that's is the in the fourth one. She dies in the fourth one. That's right, she does. Or, sorry, Jason Bourne, the fourth one's legacy. Um, but yeah, uh, it's not good at all. Yeah, it's rubbish. It, it, it shits on a perfectly you know, fine franchise. Well, they were making money, weren't they? So. Yeah, but it's just, see when it was like, oh, man, Paul Greengrass is going to do it and, you know, Matt Damon's going to do it. But then it's like, uh, who's writing it? Oh, Greengrass is co-writing it with his editor. You're like, wait, wait, where the fuck's Tony Gilroy? It's like, mate, he's doing Rogue One. You're like, oh. It's like, man, you need the Gilroy brothers involved, man. That's the, their screenplays is just fucking, well, for them, mm. if those movies were fucking great. I haven't seen Velvet Buzzsaw, so I don't know what... If Dan Velvet G- Buzzsaw is a fucking terrible movie. I've heard that, yeah. I, I liked uh, Dan Gilroy's uh, Nightcrawler, and I thought, oh, Velvet Buzzsaw, man, maybe that'd oh, be a good follow-up, but nobody, bullshit, nobody has said it's good, and I'm like, I'm not bothering. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Velocity Passer... There's not a single likeable character in it. Well, it's okay, fair enough, it's a horror film, but... 
they're not even likable to the point where you kind of want to see them die. Mm. You just want them to go away. Wow. Is it a horror? Yeah. It's on Netflix. I just realised that most podcasts that we record, there's quite an obvious, this is like the main film of the week effort. Yeah. We don't really have that this week. No, we we'll just... the Invisible Man. But we've, Sonic but, the Hedgehog! Oh, shit! Have not talked about that yet? Oh yeah, that was the other film I'd seen. <laughs> no, no we have not talked about Sonic the Hedgehog yet. But we've all seen Sonic the Hedgehog and we've all seen The Invisible Man. I've seen I've seen Greed. You haven't seen that, right? No. I haven't seen that, though. Is that mm. right? Um, Is it what you would expect from a Michael Winterbottom film? Yeah. Yes. Um, it's I I think everyone in it is fine. Um, it's going for, in my opinion, you know how the Wolf of Wall Street is a really well, in my opinion, is a really really funny, entertaining comedy about complete fucking arseholes and terrible people. Mm-hmm. This is going for it's like a British made comedy about a fucking horrible arsehole where it's, it's trying to cooking, right? yeah where it's trying to highlight the plight of like you know kids in you know with sweatshops yes are getting paid like x amount and all these people who endorse that kind of wealth celebrities endorse that kind of wealth um it's like that great but green's basically is this another one of these british films that you kind of watch and go why am i not watching this on dvc too um, a wee bit. I mean, there is there is a budget. To, I mean, there's a few heads in it as well. You've got Coogan, Isla Fisher's in it, but then you've got like your usual British uh, comedy, like David Mitchell's right. in it. Um, oh fuck. Uh, Why do British movies really struggle with grandeur? T- Tim Key is in they it. They just don't really have the budget. And there's this... there's something about them as well where they just American cinema always has a slickness to it. Just uh, and it's kind of. And a lot of things like comedies but, and things like that. It's a way it looks, yeah. whereas... But Brit- there's always something like just way more grab and pedestrian. Yeah, British, Brit- so. a lot of, I find a lot of British cinema, it looks like modern British prestige television. There's yeah. not really that much of a budgetary kind of... Well, I, like a, a jump in the look of it. it and I think it's maybe because a lot, of, uh, a lot of British film directors and things like that come from television to begin with yeah so they just yeah, so yeah. it's just they're they're kind of just upgrading what they know yeah like michael winterbottom kind of comes from that background he he um did the tv show um the the trip the trip he's done like the four seasons i think it's the fourth seasons coming out now which is coogan and rob bryden going around and it's yeah, kind yeah. of very british and that well, the they, th- they released in cinemas as films in america yeah right? yeah i heard that um this one does have a bit of a budget though because it is a lot of it's set in Monte Carlo and it is like in the in the uh, celebrity world of wealth. Um, but basically, it follows Coogan, who is this kind of ruthless businessman, um, who has kind of evaded the law and swindled himself, uh, swindled companies out of millions and done it in a really kind of offhand way. But he's not ever been caught. Isla Fisher plays his uh, ex-wife. Uh, Asa Butterfield plays his um, son. Um, David Mitchell plays his publicist, and the whole thing is kind of based around um, the character's sixtieth birthday is coming up, and he wants a gladiator themed one. Like he wants to re. He is he? Wa- is he just Rich Partridge? No, he's not. He very not. much looks like that from the trailer. The thing about Coogan is though, he'll always kind of not be able to shake that. He, he well, he, he's trying to play Cockney in this one, right? But 
kind uh, of like a Peter Stringfellow kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, but it's like he doesn't rather than be he's not as Hold on, did Kugan not already play Peter Stringfellow? I don't know. Um he's not as absurd as Partridge. Um he comes away with some comedic lines, but he's just he's just an arsehole. Yeah. Um and the the whole thing is centered around like this birthday party and all that. The problem with it is a lot of the times um it's hard to focus on what it wants to tell you and then to, when the end credits run you're like right I get it wealth is bad and everyone should be treated that but some of the characters and their motivations of what they do it's not so much it doesn't make sense it just kind of comes out of nowhere and you kind of wonder well why is this character involved in the first place if this is their past etc etc um, but yeah I it was fine um, I pretty much got what I thought I was going to get from it I would like to have been a bit more funny, uh, a bit more tight, but it was fine. Like you said, Neil, if you like Michael Winterbottom stuff, mm. that's what you're going to get. I, I generally do enjoy that stuff. So. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the Ned Kelly gang? Oh, yeah, the true... I always get, I always get the title of this wrong. Is that what it was the, called? The true history of the Kelly gang. I kept, I kept calling it the James Gang, heading of Jesse James. Is it Ned Kelly or it's Ned Kelly? Yes, the Australian, the Australian outlaw Ned Kelly, not quite a Rolf Harris, uh, but <laughs> still a bit of a bad cunt. Um, uh, okay. I want you. Fill a, a guy, bit, Can you fill a wee bit of time? But just want to get can, a few details. With this, yeah. with this anecdote, I once knew <laughs> a guy called John Kelly, and a when the so movie when the movie named Ned Kelly came out. Everybody oh, used to go to him. They made a movie about you. Oh, that was the Heath Ledger Orlando Bloom effort. Aye. Yeah. What was that for, like 2005 or something? Worse. Uh, sorry, I would say worse. <laughs> uh, further than that, it was 2002, 2003. See, I completely forgot that that film existed. I kept thinking of the one that's got fucking Mick Jagger as Ned Kelly. Yeah, but that was like 70s. Yeah, it's the 70s. Yeah, the, that Ned Kelly one was right <laughs> where Orlando Bloom was trying to be a thing, but he isn't because, no disrespect, he's a charisma vacuum. <laughs> He's pretty good in extras. He is, um, but name a film where he's the lead and he's really good in it. Mm. There you go. <laughs> it's not Pirates of the Caribbean because that's Johnny Depp's film. Well, the first one isn't. Johnny Depp is the most interesting. Well, him and Barbosa are the most interesting characters in that film. But it's but they are supporting actors. Yeah, in that they are. But it's, Orlando it's Bloom just canny. He, he's he's yeah. same as like um, was it. Fuck that Ridley Scott movie that he did again. Kingdom of Heaven. The director's I, cut apparently is the great. The director's cut of the Kingdom of Heaven is really, really yeah. good. I actually really like that. The theatrical release it's is like rubbish. It's rubbish it's just been cut to shreds. Yeah. So, so anyway, the history, it's called The True History of the Kelly Gang, uh, directed by Justin Curzel, who did uh, the Fastbender version of Macbeth. Which, oh. is very, which is very, very good. Yeah, it's However, he also directed the Fastbender Assassin's Creed. Which is very, very bad. I, no, I thought it was alright. Yeah, you like that? It was, I, I, I didn't say like. I said it was alright. Yeah, the, the Macbeth version the, the was very visual. Uh, yeah. It was, it was a very kind of it was visual poetry. Yeah, it's a, I really like that version of Macbeth. Yeah. Uh, is, is this plain dialogue though? Like, or is it, is it like what, really, Macbeth? No, like the Ned Kelly one. It's plain dialogue. It's, yeah, it's, it's set, not it's like... A, well, it's as plain as Australians get. Well, <laughs> what were you getting at? I, for some reason, I keep thinking... I think maybe just because the title structure isn't like too dissimilar, but I, I just keep thinking back to a time where 
when we stayed together, we were trying to watch the assassination of Jesse James by the Shower Broker. Yeah, and like we turned it off after ten minutes because we were like, we can't fucking deal with that dialogue just now. I was more so just because it was boring. Um, so that's that, that with Justin Carzella's head. It's got that George Mackay, who is King Tommen, who was only in 1917 as well. He seems to be uh, in he's, everything. He's though. very good in this. What's uh, the best way to describe it? He shows, great, he shows good range. Okay. Uh, is he Ned Kelly? He is indeed Ned Kelly, yes. However, he's only Ned Kelly for like two thirds of the films because his film starts off as a boy. Uh, his it shows you him and his wee squad, wee house in the the outback of Australia. Uh, Australia at this point in time has was the penal colony of Van Diemen's Land. Uh, it's now its own country, so it's gained its independence. So a lot of these former criminals are now. Oh no. It's not gained independence because the police are still run by the English. Uh, but it's kind of in that it's not a prison colony anymore but they're still English old. Um, it shows his mother, the kind of squalor they live in, his mother is prostituting herself out to the local police played by Charlie Hunnam. Oh. Uh, who's actually alright in this. He's, a, he's, not, he's not in it for too long. Right. He's alright in Do it. Do you know where he's from? Is Pacific Rim guy? Specifically, yes. <laughs> yes, that guy. Uh, he sounds very Midland, so I think right. it's, it's his normal accent. Right. Whatever that one is. Probably. Ah, see, see the one he had in The Gentleman? Right. It's that. Well, which one? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, his dad's an ex-con uh, who he finds out used to rob banks wearing a dress. Is that Russell Crowe? No, no, no. It's um, a rusty crone address, man. So stuff happens. His dad gets taken in again by the by the police. Can I stop you a second? Yeah. Why was he wear a dress? Is it because he I'll, likes I'm, wearing I'm, dresses, I'm or is get, it? I'll, I'll get to that. Right. I'll get to that. Um, his dad dies in police custody. Uh, the mall gets loads of suitors around. One of them is Russell Crowe, who has got fucking fat. He's, he is a fat lad now. He's a big guy. Yeah. Like, like uh, he was pretty big in the that fucking the nice league. guys. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's, uh, he's bigger now. Yeah. yeah, he likes a cheese sandwich. Who doesn't? Well, true. Um, Shout out to my boy Craig Baldive. <laughs> whole block of cheese. Whole two, block of cheese. <laughs> two bits of bread. Dry. So so his mother sell, sells him, him to uh, Russell Crowe. Uh, and he's supposed to take her out and take him away and teach him how to become like an outlaw type right. thing. Uh, obviously, shit goes bad. Uh, young Ned Kelly gets arrested, and then it jumps to him being a man, and Big John Mackay takes over. And it's basically about how he comes from. It's how he comes from such a, a poor lifestyle. And the influences he's been given and the people he meets, one of them being Nicholas Holt, who uh, played a local policeman mm. and is fucking really good in this. It's probably the best I've seen. Old modern uh, beast. Better than the favourite. Mm. It's similar, but in right. a different way, because 
the way ca- his, his character starts off like he is in the favourite, right. but slowly descends into kind of frustration and a wee bit of madness. Right, you know? okay. Um, so it's about how Kelly is then influenced by all that and almost kind of falls into being an outlaw uh, through coming into his family. And it's a really well-made film. It's a beautiful <clears> film. <throat> right from the word go, it's got a kind of, it's got a kind of rich brutality to everything that's going on in it. And by that, I mean, uh, like the grimness of the way they live, uh, the world that they live in, because it's like, it's the outback of Australia, but it's, it's presented in a way that I've never ever seen it in film, where it's all very muted colours, a lot of greys, uh, almost looks like the the whole land's been on fire. Right. Uh, which, when this is made, wouldn't be a stylistic choice. Mm. Um, it, ta- it takes place uh, in areas where the snow, like heavy blanket snow, mm. it's it's got it feels like a western but it's not a western it feels like a very kind of postmodern style western Um, the way that the it has a lot of kind of um, what I felt were like kind of lynchian kind of um, kind of motifs Michael uh, has checked out no no it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a visual motif like Lynch, Lynch uses light lighting uh, in his films to kind of portray when evil comes in and often a flickering light or like strobe lights uh, they're yeah. used to kind of show that change from light to dark good to good into evil and they use that effect a couple of times they use strobe lighting effects uh one's kind of focused on the character himself and another time focused on what's happened in the outside world to them yeah. um, it's it's got a lot of kind of real powerful visuals to it see you're talking about like stylistically like it's like a western but it isn't like I've never seen this uh, film uh, but I think it's again Australian and it's the one that Nick Cave rolls the, the proposition, proposition. Aye. yeah because I know that's got like proposition a western kind of feel yeah. to it but it, again it's not that that this feels more. Well, is I'm, pro- I'm trying. I'm trying to think of somebody whose style it would be like. No, but see what you're saying. I, I totally no, see, see the way that that version of death is. Yeah, it's it's, it's that, just right. Okay, I think there's a, like a western. Right. Okay, that's. And really the whole thing idea. about the dresses is that uh, there's a scene in it where they talk about how men aren't afraid of guns or knives. No. Let people they're just, they're just things, but crazy. Men are scared of crazy. You go if you go and go to them with a gun and a knife and you're wearing a dress, they'll go, That cunt's crazy and that's when they'll fear you. It's like, so oh my god, go. there's a washing machine, I need a drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I highly recommend it. Um I, 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 take really, it. I really liked it. Yeah. How I, many years long was it? It was no long. It was the exact same amount of time as the Invisible Man. I was going to say, like, so I'd imagine it and won't I be in the cinema long. For any of it, uh, this film will not be in the cinema that long. I think he'll probably get another week. Right. If, okay. I'll maybe watch that first, then Dark Wars. Yeah. So speaking of the Invisible Man, that's something that we've all seen and none of us liked. So mm. yeah. moving on. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was written. So Joe Dorowski's June. <laughs> 
Have you ever talked about that in this show? Yeah, I think yeah. it's came up I've, a bunch well, of I mean, times. I've, I've seen it and I reviewed it at the time. It was actually, I went and seen it at the festival two years ago, three years yeah. ago. But we have talked about yeah, it. Yeah, I rewatched it again um, just the other day. It's very, very good. Give it a watch. You know, I, I own, like, a June, like, I had it for fucking ages on book. Oh. Like, a, I own the audiobook version of it and I own the Kindle version of it. And then yesterday or the day before, I was in Falcon the City Centre and saw that they'd released a 50th anniversary edition of it and almost bought it again. <laughs> like, that book is fucking incredible. Yeah. Well, hopefully Villeneuve will do the business. I think he'll, I think he'll manage it. Yeah. Well, not do like Jodorowsky said he was going to do and rape Frank Herbert. Uh, rape him! Yeah. Jo- like, that's like, f- like the husband to a wife on a wedding night. His exact words. Yeah. <laughs> I the visual stuff for that. Oh, no, like, I know, like I was stoned as fuck watching it, mm. and I was kind of like just lying there. I go, oh, this Jodie Rice, he get, he's he's really animated. He's dead fun. Yeah. He's you like he's, him he's talking, pas- don't you? Yeah, I thought it was a great film. He's passionate about what it is. I can you can see how all these folk got involved and stuff like that. And then it shows you the storyboards that Mobius has drawn, but it animates them. Mm. And I was just like, oh, that goes, oh. Mm. It's, mm. yeah, it's out there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like I think you said you kind of wish it you, if it existed, it'd be some kind of abomination, but you kind of wish it existed. I was like, Oh, is that is, I, would, I want it to exist it, because it, it would be fucking mental. It couldn't have been any worse than the fucking day. Oh, yeah, one. Yeah. but he like he he said, like, he's like, What do you want to do June for? Have you read it? And he's like, No, what a dick. But then it's like, not only that, it's he, to, to be fair, Jodorowsky says something pretty much the same thing. No, that's what I'm saying. No, Jodorowsky said that. Not right. David Lynch. Yeah. Um, David Lynch is still a dick, for the record. But uh, Jodorowsky was like, he, he was trying to trade, his, his son was going to portray... Uh, yeah, he's going to be Paul Atreides. Yeah. And he had him in like a, a, a really, it sounded like a really fucking dodgy regime of like, making sure he was exercising yeah. and eating right. And I'm not well, saying, I mean, he is not, supposed to be like the fucking pinnacle yeah, but, example but, but, of humanity. But this so. kid was just a kid. I don't think it was like, oh, dad, I can't wait to act in this. It was more just... It sounded like it was more forced upon him. I don't know from the way that he talked. Well, it worked for Michael Jackson's the, family, so oh, the son's in documentary. And from the way from the, the he talks, he was drinking the Kool Aid as much as was everybody he? else. That's, yeah, that's, he seemed uh, he seemed as involved by it. But interestingly enough, like near the end of it, um, he talks about how like he's not bitter and stuff like that about it because his version of it essentially ex- exists in comic book form and the stuff that he did with Mobius called the Inkle. Which led me down to start buying the Inkle graphic novels. Oh, that's what you were talking about. And they're actually pretty good. And they're interesting. What is what is Inkle? It's um, it's it's set in a fu- in a kind of future alien world, and it's about a private detective. Uh, Go on. Well, I've only read right. the first issue so far, uh, but I've got them sitting there to kind of carry through. But yeah, like the the book that he owns. Uh, of all the costume design, production design, all that, like that went around Hollywood, and at the end of the documentary, they show that that some of the costume ideas were used yeah. in like Mass of the Universe, um, some of uh, the drawings that um, all of the ship design and eager and all that, that yeah. like that was in Prometheus, and there's like loads yeah. of stuff. You're like, oh, that was used for that. So it's like it's this book yeah. of this film that never get made has inspired several like, other things. Other yeah. And I mean, we've mentioned that before that that film. Well, it never got made, but that was the reason like Dan O'Bannon met so and so and Giger met yeah, him, yeah, and then Alien, Alien kind of came from yeah. that, you know. So even though it didn't get made, significant kind of 
partners and relationships were kind of formed because of it. Makes you wonder what other films are like that. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, what, out, what is out there which should have existed but doesn't? What was funny about Hale, it as well? Hale, like the Hale movie oh, when Peter Neil, Jackson, no, Neil uh, Blomkamp was Blomkamp. down to do it and yeah. then like when that fell through it was like a lot of the stuff, a lot of the props and stuff in District yeah. um, What was good in the uh, documentary is like when Jodorowsky's talking about how he's he, I think at first for special effects he was wanting to get 2001 A Space Odyssey's uh, Douglas Trimble oh, and it, it's, he sounded like he was in the up for it and then he ended up just happened to be passing a cinema that had uh, Dark Star on, and then it's, it's, just... quite, it's quite funny because the fact I laughed at that during that because it shows you uh, the scene in 2001 when it's the spaceship docking with the big circular space station, mm. then it immediately cuts to Dark Star, and it's so much cheaper, so yeah, yeah, much yeah. rubbisher. Yeah, and Big John Dorowski's going, Oh, but Dark Star, man, that's a fucking business, let's yeah. get that one, they go. And then, like, you see interviews with like. Uh, like artists and that, and they, they all start the same thing. He came to my house and we rolled a big fat one, and then we started talking. Uh, <laughs> and then it was like he basically he got them bored with special marijuana. Yeah, he's like, we're gonna <laughs> let's have it, let's have some weed, and we'll talk. And then that's how he assembled his team. He he come, it comes across like like a cult leader. It totally yeah. does. Like fucking like, see see the money that apparently they're wanting to give Salvador Dali to be in the uh, film. That's fucking nuts. He was going to be bad and hardcore. Was he anything to do with the design? Like, who done the actual uh, art design for uh, that Mobius. stuff? Mobius. Right. So, yeah. Like, I, a lot of that stuff was quite... A guy called Jeff Smith or something like that. Yeah. Did the, I, I, the uh, spaceship designs. Uh-huh. A lot of that stuff was like quite kind of like Dali-esque, wasn't it? Like quite kind of surrealist stuff when it came to like the, the worms themselves and yeah, even like yeah. the, the kind of costume design of the, the kind of characters and stuff. Um, Skeletor's gold costume that he gets from Master Universe was going to be used in it. Okay. Great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a, it's a good documentary. Yeah, should should, really should we talk it. about The Invisible Man? I Should we not talk about... Are we going to do Sonic Hedgehog? Yeah, like Sonic is a, a fucking better movie than uh, The Invisible okay, Man. Okay, fair enough. No, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I, The Invisible Man's crap. Yeah, I mean that's that's the only reason why Sonic's a better movie than it because Invisible Man was as bad as it was. Yeah, yeah. it's um, boring. Lee, yeah, right. it's uneventful. It's a uh, yeah. written and directed by Lee Winnell, who Neil like said the upgrade to his previous film was actually really good. Is a good movie, as yeah. well. And actually, there's like um, in in Invisible Man where uh, she's fighting him in the kitchen. Yeah. And she and she's doing her, her best Ash impressions. Yeah. Uh, where she's kind of fighting herself, obviously. Yeah. In Lee Winnell's upgrade, David Gordon Green does a lot of that stuff because he's essentially fighting his own body because he's he's got a chip in him that takes over control right. of his physical body. He was so much better than Elizabeth doing Moss. that than fucking Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. Um However, Bruce Campbell still remains the best. Fighting himself, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is just a, it's a, a Bloomhouse up, updated remake of The Invisible Man. Um, uh, it's like literally the only thing that it has in common with it is that like there is an invisible thing in it, though it's technology in this one. It's not yeah, an actual fucking yeah. science experiment going wrong, and the guy's name is Griffin. That is where the similarities yeah. end. Yeah, 
To um, see this orientation is entirely when, like, see, see when it started, when like she's wanting to leave the house and all that, I was like, all right, where uh, are we going with this? Man? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like the mad scientist and she's trying to get away from whatever. But it slowly and absolutely descends into convenience and nonsensical shit for the sake of plot. Yep. You don't even see him do any fucking science. Yeah, it's just he's a mad he scientist. A, he's probably actually an alright scientist. He's just a tech wizard with optics, uh, and in the world of optics. <coughs> but yeah, like Elizabeth Moss escapes an abusive relationship. Um, she hides out her well, brother-in-law. Who knows? Who knows? We don't they, really, they never really well. Paco a friend of the family. Like I, I got the impression that it was her sister's boyfriend. I, I didn't get any kind of impression. Yeah. I had no idea who, what the relationship of her, but, that like, guy was. See, the first time the sister shows up at the house, she says, what, what are you doing coming here? I told you not to come here. He knows where you live and he'll have followed you. Like, uh, yeah, because obviously the sister's taking him to this guy. So they might oh, just be point. pals. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Isn't, okay. Um, yeah, so that happens and then Elizabeth Moss is very tra- uh, traumatised by the whole thing. The next day, the the bad abusive relationship. Uh, sorry, the guy. Of, yeah, the guy two, dies. It's two weeks later. Like, yeah. The guy's the guy dead. dies and leaves her money, and then things start happening around the house, but nobody believes her that. And again, she comes away with I don't know how he's done it, but he's made himself invisible, and you're like, yeah, you sound crazy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like what the fuck? Well, see, this is like what I was saying to Paco is that a better version of this film, like the. They give away, like, they show the monster yeah. far too early. Yeah. They give it physical agency so it can only be a guy. By yeah, that not she's time. going mental. Yeah. Whereas if this was a film where, yeah, the guy's killed himself mm. and he is actually dead and it's her going crazy yeah. because she thinks he's, do- he's doing that kind of thing. Yeah. And the be all and end all of it is she has just gone mental because she's got PTSD from an abusive relationship. Yeah. That is 100%, 100% a better far film. better film. Yeah, and if it ended with her murdering an innocent, yeah, yeah, you're like, man, yeah. you've, the, made your, you've made your point kind yeah. of thing. But yeah, it does, and it, you, you can see every story be, every, it would, it would every play, foreshadow bit. so much better in the modern, modern world. Yeah, it, you can see every foreshadow, every plot beat, and then again, things just happen for convenience and then and, things don't happen for yeah, convenience and because it's 2020 you're like listen you can prove all this with CCTV footage and it, in make, it, make, it makes such a big point yeah. at the start of showing you oh CCTV's a big thing yeah. and then in the closing scene CCTV becomes a big thing Aye. but at no point else in the film yeah. and seeing pivotal, pivotal moments which would clear her innocence yeah. to CCTV no thing. it's just she's crazy she did do that yeah. without question we're not really going to investigate it and see like the, the mad scientist guy that dies like nobody fucking investigates his house all that big fucking machines yeah. and that like nothing it's like it's just no, we're they just going to keep the house open they leave the dog there unattended for big two Zeus. weeks big Zeus um, but yeah what's the shit just the whole film like as you guys have already said like nothing uh, nothing in the dog unattended <coughs> well, <laughs> nothing in the movie happens in a way where like you would think that if you're going to write a film like this that you would try and imagine what it would be like if it was actually happening and like maybe like try and get some kind of metaphor or allegory in there somewhere and like make concessions towards the plot for that that happens but yeah. this wasn't that it was no. just like it, oh it, man we want this to happen and I, like even, even all this stuff like in in 2020 like special effects are so advanced and so easy to do that like youtubers and streamers can do like effective yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like never mean big budget studios 
So like all the stuff, all they have to do. It's a effort, so it wouldn't be massive. Nowadays, will have decent budget. All they have to do is have have him in a green suit, and that's it. Like it's so easy to remove him from any scene and get creative with all the stuff that's happening. They don't take advantage of it. Instead, he's the car from Die Hard. That's why he died other day. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, it's also I should have said like if you guys have been listening to the show for any length of time, it seems to be like a rule that. If a movie is unequivocally shit, we do not have any problems spoiling the fuck out of it. I think it just you can't even spoil this film because you can fucking tell yeah, every single fucking thing that happens. But that again is until the end, where I genuinely thought, "Oh fuck, they threw a curveball," but they actually didn't. Um, oh, did you think there was another one? It was like, "Oh, that's interesting," uh, yeah, but no, yeah. but no, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, Again, the film does think it's cleverer than what it is because it does try to throw a couple of red headings in there, but you can see them coming a mile off. Yeah. And I think that's the problem is like, give, like given it's made in 2020, so if you're going to do a film, you have to work the problem on how you're going <laughs> to present this invisible man and this woman. Just what you talked about. Is she going crazy? Is a real guy there? That should have been the crux of it. Yeah. What is it? Not it definitely is that and that would have been the, the, the ambiguity that might have saved the film but yeah, they just was, they just don't yeah. find a and way around like, it see when he first kind of starts noising her up yeah and she and she's going through the living room and the front door opens and she walks out and you can see it's a cold night because her breath comes out and then his breath comes out behind her mm. I just went okay this is done yeah well no like even at that point though like Fair enough, that's something that we saw as the audience and she didn't see, so it's like kind of hard to explain. It's like something that could have been in her head. Yeah. But nobody else witnessed it, so it's like you could still kind of get away with that sort of stuff. But like the the pill bottle showing up early on mm. and then like just everything that happens after that, it's just like, right, no, it can't be explained away. It yeah, can't be like, yeah. you know, like part of me was already doing that, trying to view it as like a second viewing on my initial one, like being like a, oh, you know, is this the bit where... You, you see like he was never there in any of the scenes it's all in uh, our head and stuff like I really laid the groundwork for that there's none of that and like I also had the thought where it's like it would have been a really cool idea because you need to imagine that a lot of this was just a guy in a green suit right so uh, everybody filming it can obviously fucking see yeah. exactly where he is film every shot where if he's in it like a film it as if we can see him but like obviously like they've kind of green screened them ah. out that would have been such a fucking cool thing to be like a subtle kind of instead you, know, you got a there was none of that there was no, none it, would, it would pan to but, an empty hallway yeah, yeah. Like, oh, but do you, do you know what I mean like, no, like I hear you. there's like really kind of clear ways that people film just one person on the screen or two people on the screen whatever mm-hmm. so like having that kind of thing where like just without drawing any attention to it just having it filmed where he's quite clearly fucking there mm-hmm. and you kind of know he's there yeah like you can maybe even it's kind of like I know what you mean it's kind of like that scene in Silence of the Lambs where Jodie Foster has chased Buffalo Bill downstairs and it's pitch black but he's got yeah, uh, yeah, night yeah, vision yeah. goggles and he's kind of messing with her but she can't see him and that adds a bit of like suspense you're like is she going to fucking hang so, there's so like that that concept of a fucking malicious invisible person has so much potential especially yeah. now that like technology's got to the point where we can yeah. do whatever the fuck you want with it None of it was utilized. Yeah. And again, if we're going to circle back, if you want to see a malicious invisible man film, watch Hollow Man. Yeah, Hollow Man Verhoeven. is a better invisible man yeah. film than the uh, they, man. they did this. Do you know what this felt like? It felt like a bad episode of the X Files. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, that, that's how the monster in this was kind of handled. Like, just even the, the fact that, like, once he's kind of being caught out, like, even when his suit's malfunctioning conveniently, only when she can see yeah, it, like, whenever she knows appears. 
like he he never just becomes a person then like he still remains entirely silent i i wondered if they were going to go through the whole film and not show his face at all yeah which i think would have also been a better choice Mm. Mm. um but yeah i the thing is like again it's a lot of the things in it I know you don't like Paco like the sh- like our horror film like the schlockiness and this and it doesn't make see if you're gonna make a film like Hollow like this Hollow Man where there is plot convenience it is schlocky you have to then set in an era like if you're gonna go for like an 80s schlocky horror film you gotta make it in that time because see doing that in 2020 <clears throat> where it's like technology won't allow you to get away with that you kind of have to put it in an era where it's like you can kind of get away with uh, that kind of storytelling but I mean unless she's got a magnet in her hand you know for a fucking you know she didn't commit the crime you know what I mean it's just there's so many ways that it can just be no she's innocent because look at this and yeah I. but even like yeah even like as you said Hollow Man was good like the Chevy Chase movie was actually pretty funny. Was that Memoirs, memoirs of the Invisible Man? John, John Carpenter's like, Memoirs of the Invisible Man. Let's like kind of change this up a bit. Even it wasn't that long ago that It Follows came out, and like a lot of that is essentially the same fucking concept. It's something that no one can see except for like the person that's affected by it, kind of coming mm. after them. Well, yeah, but and, like, it's, they, it's people they do, coming after them, yeah. But yeah, but like other people can't see it though. And they do like more stuff, and I only saw the first ten yeah, minutes of that movie. All right, I was just trying to remember there. I've only seen it once, and I fucking thought that film was excellent. I only uh, seen the first ten minutes, but it already did more with the concept of like an invisible antagonist mm-hmm. uh, than this yeah. whole. See, movie with did. like it follows as well. You, it's it's filmed almost like like a, like like Halloween, like it might be the seventies or whatever. And it, and it isn't. It's I think it's modern day, but it's filmed in such a way where you like it utilizes like that kind of you can use this kind of storytelling, which is homage, which is clearly an homage to, without overdoing it. When it, in terms of like this can be proved by technology, this that, and other, it kind of knows its limits and it stays within it, and it's really simple. Yeah. Hollow Man didn't need to be this fucking crazy kind of shit. It, like you said, it can be done. Invisible and, Man. Sorry, Invisible Man. Whereas, Hol- Hol- whereas Man Hollow Man to be that crazy Hollow genre. Man is really good in that respect though because <laughs> Kevin Bacon does it and then he can't reverse it and then he starts to go a bit fucking mental yeah. rapes Rona Mitra and then starts fucking with people and I was like yeah. it is pretty fucking me- terrifying that film like again because I've been thinking of going to watch this like we kind of talked about going to the cinema a couple of days ago and stuff I've had it in my mind like H.G. Wells is one of my favourite authors so like, I ended up listening to the audiobook of this today and like oh, the whole the, thing? Yeah, well, most of it. It's like his books are never really that long, but like, there's a there's a version of that that could be made into a movie that would be a fucking good movie because it's that similar thing. It's like, it, it's all about the the kind of concept to like just unbridled fucking arrogance, like just leading to someone's life being fucking ruined, and like the lengths he tries to go to fix it, but then like just everything goes against him because like even when he's had misfortune like his ego is still so fucking super massive that he just can't and, fucking see around it and again they do like, that really well in Hollow Man yeah, yeah. but yeah um, don't go see it kids it's not worth it yeah it's... watch Hollow Man <laughs> um, the fact like the fact is like the whole concept of him being invisible in this is like such a fucking low stakes thing as well it's like it's just a suit that anybody could fucking wear there's nothing special about it 
Because like Neil had mentioned beforehand that like he thinks that this guy's been handed the reins to the dark universe stuff, which was like the mummy. Yeah, there was talk about Limehouse kind of taking over yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, but this this doesn't even fit in. Yeah, with that because it it's doesn't, like, it doesn't yeah. fit in the world. No, because uh, yeah, because after the mummy flopped, because they they'd already cast it. It was like Johnny Depp was going to be the Invisible Man. Um, Jolie was by the Frankenstein. Yeah, and fucking thingy. Uh, uh, Javier Bardem was going to be Frankenstein or something, like that, and someone was going to be Dracula. And there was set. There was like photographs like of this. This was going to happen, and then the mummy flopped, and that was it. Obviously, but Russell Crowe being Russell Crowe uh, was going to be Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, Jesus, mind that. He's yep. the best thing in that film. This guy got else. And the worst thing. Well, yes, yeah. he is also that. Yes. Um. Yeah. So. Such a such a fucking pesh movie, though, man. Like, if you could see. I, I really fucking wish there was more horror films that took all the right lessons from the thing away from it. Like, make a fucking likeable cast of characters that you want to see survive yeah, yeah, yeah. and then, like, have them put in situations where they just don't have a fucking chance. Yeah. You know, like, e- even uh, Peter Jackson, like, done that to a certain extent in King Kong. Yeah. Just, why is it that, Jaws. like, so, so many horror, exactly, so many horror movies that, like, just populate it with people you don't give a fuck about who do like <laughs> things that make you think oh you're a fucking idiot you deserve this like I think when, that, when she finds a fucking knife in a bag in the attic and the first thing she does is takes it out, it out of the yeah, fucking plastic the fucking and then when she's trying to get back out of the attic she fucking drops it down first before she jumps down it's like just give him the fucking knife why don't you you fucking idiot well see again it's like that's one of the things I know that you, like you're saying you want likeable characters you want this in there but that is something I kind of like about 80s schlocky horror films where you're like, man, I'm kind of rooting for the villain. <laughs> yeah, because in those films, <laughs> that, that is what those people are there yeah, for. They are there to be canon fodder. Yeah. You are supposed to root for the villain. Yeah, because you're like but your in, fannies. But in a 2020 film about the Invisible Man from the perspective of a woman who's been in a abusive relationship, yeah. you're supposed to be sympathising with her. Yeah, especially and, again, being it's 2020 you would think that they would avoid the whole kind of damsel in distress kind of thing where women are useless and like the main character in this one isn't useless like she's very proactive and like kind of going after the guy and stuff but that moment when like the the cop James is getting beat to fucking death in the hallway Mm -hmm. his daughter just sits there and you're like what the fuck like if you've seen a family member getting fucking beaten about you would do something about it man you would not just sit there and allow it to happen no fucking way I hear you but she's a chick and she doesn't quite know what's going on. She was old enough to use bear spray in a guy's face. Yeah, that's true. Which affected him, even though he was in a suit. No, his cameras all. Don't really know how that one works. Cameras were a bit. Oh, mate, my carry C. But yeah. What a shit film, man. It was just so uninspired. Just don't bother making it. Yeah, I liked the music. The music was quite good. The music was good. I I liked how intrusive it was. Would you have liked it if they'd maybe gone further back and made it more like of a, a period piece, like what they did with the Wolfman? Maybe the Wolfman was fun. I, I really enjoyed the Wolfman. I think I honestly Lawrence think had done terrible things, Tommy. See, terrible things. See if you condense if you condense the actual novel down into like a two-hour movie, like just cut out like a lot of the bits where it, it's slow in like a very plodding British way, like we were talking about earlier with Greed. Yeah. You know, it's like kind of like so much of it is like really kind of mundane. They they put a lot of effort into thinking about if this had actually happened, this is how it would go down, kind of thing. Like you know, there's not like a, a kind of instant fix. Like the guy does science experiments that take months over in the course of the, the the book, kind of thing. You wouldn't need to show that, but like the actual story of the Invisible Man is like, it's a good one. It's a good story. There's a reason why, 
you know, it was like a, a kind of yeah. Yeah, I've I've not seen the original Invisible Man like from way back. Rains. Aye, uh, I I've seen it, but not since I was a child. Yeah, I've uh, like I've seen a couple of the classic ones. Like I've seen uh, Lon Chaney's Wolfman, and I've seen like Boris Karloff's Frankenstein, but I've never seen the Invisible Man. I've only seen like the Chevy Chase one and mm-hmm. uh, Hollow Man and that and this. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> movie of the week, the Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> And is it really a movie of the week no, like, like three weeks three ago, weeks ago. Yeah. Um, movie of the show yeah, yeah. Um, it's a it's a kids movie it's, yeah, it's pretty much what you expect it's, it, I, it I was, want a bit more detective Pikachu yeah, a bit yeah. more meta humour but you don't get it it is just a kids there, movie there is meta humour there meta humour there but it falls flat yeah. Yeah. consistently I like Jim Carrey as Dr Robotnik I thought uh, he was the right I kind of I did not yeah, like Jim Carrey um, when you're on this one like, I wish that he was not there this, this, was, this was the Jim Carrey that I do not enjoy the Jim Carrey of the mask I, and Ace Ventura when nature calls. Yeah, I liked him in this uh, for those reasons where I'm like, yep, he is just having fun with this because this is just a kid's movie. And why is it James Marsden is always next to an animated character? J- James Marsden, I remember thinking to myself, James Marsden has found his lane. That yeah. is the kind of films that he should be making. He was fine in it. Uh, I thought John Ralphio was... Voice was good as uh, Ben Schwartz. Yeah, John Ralphio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was fine as Sonic. Sonic's likable enough, if not a wee bit entertaining. Really. But it's just <laughs> a, it's just a kids movie. Though. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's just it's nothing. It'll but probably get it, a it, 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 it was inoffensive. Like it does. Aye. It does that thing where it is a kids movie, but unlike Pixar or even like DreamWorks or whatever, where quite often there'll be like jokes for the adults in there that kind of fit into the mm-hmm. film. Like this one, there's jokes for the adults that are entirely inappropriate for that movie. Like it just they don't. It's not like a oh that's quite cool. It's like a, what the fuck? What are you doing? Writing yeah. that? A couple of like wee retro touches as well. Like you heard like certain noises that you would hear if you were playing a Sonic game and things. I was like, yeah, I mean, someone that played Sonic when I was a kid, I was like, this is great. But as as a as a thirty five year old man who played that game, I was like, there's nothing really in this for me. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. It's like I'd rather. They kind of went the more detective Pikachu way things because I'm not into Pokemon, but I got a lot of the meta jokes in that. This is just a straight up kids movie, and it will. And it apparently it's done shit hot at the box office, and it will get a sequel. Oh, I kicked fuck out of Suicide Squad. Harley Quinn. Uh, Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. So much show they had to change the title. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I actually don't really have that much to say about it. I, I don't really either, which is why I find it weird to yeah. until last. But yeah. I mean, it's the only one. That, it's the best one that all three of us seen. Which just shows how bad movies have been in the past month. I did. I thought Greed uh, was fine. Yeah, yeah but really. you're the only one that watched Kale, it. Kale, Kale, oh, yeah, you're the only one that watched that. <laughs> All right, as a collective. As a yeah. collective, right? right okay. Um, yeah. Uh, there really is nothing to say. You get exactly what the trailer promises you. Yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog. So Sonic is irritating, but he's there's worse characters than him. Mm. James Marsden just cuts about doing what James Marsden does. Yeah. Uh, I quite enjoyed the scene where they're in the bar and they do the quicksilver slow motion stuff. I thought it was was fine. I thought Uh, like all the action sequences were amazingly rubbish. 
like every single one of them you just there was no tension there was no build up yeah, there was no, nothing there's no, there's no tension like, in the you, whole film but like you don't even like look at it and go oh man that was like really slick like I like the way you know the action was like really fluid like I mean obviously it's an animated character and mm. stuff like that but like how many animes have you watched where like the action sequences okay, yeah, where you're like fucking hell man that was just a pleasure to watch yeah. this had none of that it was just like Oh look, he's playing the drums. We all hit the missile. Oh, he's just who fucking cares? But it was all balls. To, to be honest, though, Paco, will ever anything ever achieve the greatness, which is Attack uh, on Titan, <laughs> which is Dio trying to stop time, but Joe will be Joe too, Joe, yeah. too too fast Boom. and busts his skull. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, what is out this week? Oh, I looked at this uh, onward. New Pixar film is out this week. All right. Uh, there's also onward. Some, so there's also some rubbishy British film called Military Wives, which I think oh, is a kind I, of calendar girl style. I've I seen the trailer for that, and it's uh, like from the director the, of The Full Monty. The like, inspirational story of friendship, love and support on the home front. Man, is it fucking quite obvious that the Oscars have been and gone. I, I didn't like the trailer. Uh, we have really Fantasy cool. Island. Do you know... I'm in, and again, I and I know it's a Bloomhouse effort, but I, can't, read, I like I like the twist of of what they're taking from the original TV yeah. show. I, I've read terrible, terrible reviews of it. Yes, but I watched that trailer and went, "I'll probably watch that." All of those, all of those Bloomhouse trailers before the film were yeah. fucking. Every trailer one was a Bloomhouse. Yeah. Yeah. The Hunt looked fucking bad. I know that wasn't a Bloomhouse one. Looked fucking terrible. It looked like Predators. Mm. Uh, the photograph. Uh, from Will Packer, blockbuster producer of Girls Trip and Ride Along franchise, that'll be rubbish. I guess this is me, man. Like I'm pretty much not going to watch another film until uh, the next Marvel one. Then sacrilege. Four lifelong friends head to a remote lodge for a weekend of fun. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly descends into a fight for their lives when a local pagan cult offers them up to the goddess as a sacrifice for a summer holidays. Uh, I'll probably watch that. Be rubbish. Uh, and that's it. And the Kelly Gang is no longer Just going to say, man, like, hey, I hope you guys like anime because it sounds like that's all I'll be watching between now and the next show. That's fine. I'll try and watch more anime for the next show anyway. Yeah. Should we also, we kind of mention, hey, just after seeing the Oscars, for some reason it made me think of Harvey Weinstein, that he has now been convicted. Yay! Uh, guilty! Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that's it's a no-brainer, wasn't it? Guess we could uh, close the book on me too. Okay, that's it. We're that's the we end of that. Chapter. We won. Let, let's let's see. How <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> let's see how long it takes for him to hang himself in a low security prison. To be fair, <laughs> I mean, nobody would care, but you would be like, "No, he didn't do that, mate. He's, he's dead. He's, he's, he's like, he's he's bargained some kind of deal, man, and somebody's had him done. Spacey's guy's got him done." The uh, one of the best onion articles I think in the past month. Was that one about Harvey Weinstein's Zimmer frame wins best supporting actor? Yeah. That was pretty funny. <clears throat> uh, yeah, yeah. So that that'll do it then. We're done there. Yeah. Yeah. I could continue talking about Japanese stuff if you want. Um, I could talk about Godzilla King of the Monsters. I did watch that. Is that the first time you've seen it? No, that's not the same you, you douchebag. I'm terrible. Like I, earlier on, I thought I'd seen Birds of Prey with somebody. It was myself, man. Come on, give me some room here. Yeah. Again, this means nothing, but apparently Godzilla versus King Kong, um, the test screenings have been really positive, but that Do doesn't mean a fucking thing. I, I enjoyed King of the Monsters. It's May. a far better film than the fucking first one. I disagree. Uh, I really, really, really enjoyed Kong Skull Island. No, see, I, I like Kong Skull Island. 
but the last good Godzilla movie, Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla, 100%. They just fucking can't get Godzilla okay. right when it comes to the blockbuster it's, it's system. It's Americanized version of Godzilla. For the Americanized version of Godzilla, I thought King of Monsters was fine. Okay. Actually, you're also kind I of wrong, Shin Godzilla was really good, but the last good one was the animated Netflix one. Does that count? Yeah, totally. Okay. <laughs> all, all three of those are really good. Okay. Um, yeah, they are quite good, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, when are they going to actually have one where Godzilla is playing basketball <laughs> and he takes well, it to the that level? already exists. No, yeah. I'm talking about live action. Yeah, the, the live action of that. Oh that my. comic book is based on a Nike advert in which the real life Charles Barkley plays basketball with Godzilla. How long is it? An hour and a half? No, it's, it's like a three minute advert. Is Godzilla like human sized or is he Godzilla sized? Godzilla or? gets busy. And dunks on Charles Barkley in that. No, but what's it? What's, but what's, what's like, the are difference? they both gigantic? They're or? both gigantic. Right, Charles right. Barkley is a gigantic man. Right. What uh, shirt is Godzilla wearing? I can't remember. I think it's a blue one of some kind. Uh, I think it's his own brand. It's, he's yeah. not affiliated to any yeah. any team. <laughs> okay. I believe he, he would be a free agent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that is going to be it for the show. Join us. I say next week, but I mean apparently I'll, I'll, I'll be another couple weeks. Apparently, it's been three weeks. Since that, 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 that seems to be the new schedule, folks. Get used to it. Mm-hmm. It feels like we just done one last week to me. Well, we're going to do one, but you two had, had rubbish days. Uh, yeah, but like you said, man, your pals like so. When you're doing another one, and Paddy Don is like, when you're doing that, so mm. getting the keeping the people waiting. Salivating for some more, some more of that audible chocolate. I feel that this that, that, this, this is a, this is a better format. Definitely, because we we're talking about the things we want to talk yeah. about rather than things, yeah, that we felt we needed to. So it's you can it's like, what's out next week? Uh, <laughs> there will be no show next week. <laughs> some deal of what something. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, something's going to come out hopefully soon that we all want to watch and well, we are right. I intend to start Yakuza Zero pretty soon. So, right. uh, to be fair, we'll probably all watch Onward, given that it's a Pixar film. Aye, I wouldn't. Put money on me watching it. I don't know I, when, I've, maybe. I've heard reviews saying that it's the best Pixar film in a long time. It's a low bar. What was your last favourite Pixar film? Monsters University. Probably that, yeah. Um, you liked, um, well, I, I liked it as well. The, what was the one about the Inside in, Out? Inside Out. Out's alright. I just think it, it gets a lot more credit than it deserves. I really liked the kind of the message and theme of Inside Out. Uh, I thought the film itself was really mediocre. Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of average, apart from the stuff of the imaginary friend. See, that's I, the best bits in there. Was Inside Out the last? Well, no, I was gonna say it was. Was that the last kind of original one that wasn't just a sequel? But no, Coco was out. I also want to see a film. I also think it's a lot more credit than it deserves. I've, like I've not seen it. Like, I think you would when really when was it. the good dinosaur? That doesn't count. Was that before that, or after? That was a long time ago. I, that doesn't. Count. Was that before Inside Out? Yeah, oh, I don't know. I think so. I'm not sure. There was a while there where they just were churning out completely mediocre like cars free and stuff. Yeah. Like Incredibles two. I still haven't seen Incredibles two. That was alright. It wasn't great though. Again, like after a decade of Marvel movies where it was like all about all the kind of superheroes working together and stuff. Like it was a big cast of superhero characters in Incredibles two that did not gel at mm. all. Mm. Just felt like wasted potential. See, I didn't like the first one, so I never bothered watching it. 
they made her uh, they made Elastigirl look way more like Spider Man in this, which was kind of good, but it was just it was just wasted. Again, I know it doesn't really matter, but it baffles me. Toy Story Four won the Oscar over Missing Link. I know it's fucking that's baffling. So I saw that that's on. I think it's Amazon Prime that that's on now. Missing Link. Missing Link. Link. It's either that or it's on it's Netflix. Movie, so it's man. worth watching if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. I think there's only. I never really won the lack of film. Oh yeah, I've still not seen Kubo. Which I think is also on Netflix. You've not seen Kubo? I haven't seen I, Kubo I started either. watching it, but then I was going to go back to it, but I didn't. Because you're like, fuck's sake, why have you not watched that already? And I was like, alright. Is it the best lack of film for you? No. What is? For me, he's went blank. Yeah, <laughs> what was the one? The no, Halloween uh, one. Paranorman. Yeah. That is better than Kubo, because Kubo speaks more to you. Kubo was really good. I don't know, man. Did they do Coraline? Yes. Coraline. Did they? Then. Yeah, it was Coraline, Paranorman, Box Trolls. Which was oh, great. Oh, Fine. Kubo yeah, and Missing Link. I think. I There's something it. else in there. There's one missing. missing one. But I think it was a good one as well. Join us in three <laughs> weeks when we figure that out. Kubo <laughs> the Two Strings is really good though. I know. Everybody says it's fucking great. I just haven't watched it. Raptors out. <laughs> <laughs>